Welcome to the Mind Body Business Podcast. Have you ever considered your superpower? If you had one gift to leave with humanity, what would that be? We believe that everyone possesses a superpower. This is your value proposition, your je ne sais quoi to help make a tangible difference in the world. Each week, our show explores these superpowers with tantalizing thought seeds germinating only from the power of collective thought. We invite you to join us for one hour each week and listen in as we dispense superpower knowledge from great people doing greater things. Hey, welcome to the Mind Body Business Podcast. I'm Devo. And I'm Lisa Staff. And we are here for our bi-weekly recording session to talk a little bit about something that is non-business related. Is that right? And we're just mm. going to sort of riff for a bit. Um, this is my mind today. We're, we're, we're doing mind. And body. A little body. But we're going to be all business. Sit <laughs> <laughs> that now. Okay. I like it better forward. <laughs> Okay, so people that are actually listening and not seeing don't know what you're doing, but we have a camera, big bougie setup now with a camera, but it focuses on you. So when you go forward, I become out of focus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that head of yours is really big. So. It is a big head. And today <laughs> I'm wearing back. today I'm wearing a hat because I noticed when I was recording in the studio last without my hat, my big shiny bald head was like making a reflection. I like you in hats. Also, we wanted to talk about something that we're celebrating right now. It's triple digits. Mm. Triple digit, triple digits on our YouTube channel. I know. Dallas, thank you. You're largely responsible for that. Yes. And um, we couldn't have done it without you. So we just wanted to express our, Dallas is our executive producer. And he does all the things after we gab for a while. He takes all of that and makes it almost, I don't know. I want to get to the point where we have our own close studio, like um, somebody more important than us. <laughs> There's a lot of people more important than us. <laughs> where they have the producer behind the... Uh, in the what, and in, feeding things into your ear. You, you yeah, but no, so I could just, just so I could talk shit to them every once in a while. Okay. As opposed to sitting in basically in, my kitchen. In production, and he has to hear it afterwards. Okay, cool. All right, so anyway, so, thank you, Dallas couldn't have done it without you he's doing all the things he posts everything for us afterwards he does all the post-production cuts it up into small bits so that our parents can watch it and your siblings it that maybe that's why we have triple digits is because of all your siblings are now watching it my siblings don't give two shits about my podcast only my mom cares Mm -hmm. my mom is the only one in my family who even knows that podcast cool we're going to talk about this today but most of my siblings are a bunch of selfish i'm just joking (laughs) So this is event session? No, no. This session that we came up with today, uh, rumor because has we're very wrote, high level thinkers. Rumor has it that you rode a little yellow bus when you were a kid. Is that true or not true? I walked to school. Oh, right. In the snow, uphill both ways. I was from Canada. That's who, what, why I'm the amazing person I am. I have some conversations to have with you about riding school buses. My ex is trying to force me, not force me. Yeah, force me to let my children ride the school bus uh-huh. because whatever reason, but I will not let my children ride a school bus. I let my children ride the school bus. Well, and now we see how they've turned out. Yes, but we're in Hilton Head, so it's oh. a different type of school bus. They're... It's like a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> it's your own personal maybe, driver. <laughs> maybe, but um, when they write spicy sentence enhancers on the back seats of the buses, they use all the good words. Hmm. Well, 
for us public school regular folk who live in the big city, it ain't exactly the safest thing. It's not the safest thing in any city. It doesn't matter. I'm joking. All right, fine. I'm joking. Back to you. You were starting on something. Actually, and you know what? You're you you get to the point where one of your kids is old enough to drive the other sibling to school. One more and year. Yeah. Speaking that's of when which, you're set. I need to yeah. get that car set up. I know. Okay. Right. So this podcast today came about because you had a revelation. You were inspired as you took your daughter to school for, you know, registration and just set her up. That revelation you, inspired. <laughs> that all of a sudden you came to the conclusion that she's 15 and a young woman. And there were leering gazes from some of the young men when you took her to it school. It wasn't just some of the young men, some of the older men too. They should be ashamed of themselves. I know. They're there with their kid on open school and I'm finding parents' heads like doing the 12 o'clock spin back. Yeah. I was like, what are they staring at me? Am I someone famous? Did they yeah. recognize me from my podcast? Not at all. They didn't. No, they're looking at your long-legged daughter. Mm. So when we have little baby girls. I think there was one of the men that was actually looking at me. No, Probably. There was. There usually is. Yeah, there was. But that's okay. I'm fine with that. Totally okay. fine. We get our affirmation any way we can. Absolutely. So, yeah. So you had some leering gazes at your daughter. Well, yeah. And you decided that there were some conversations that you needed to have with your daughter um, as they're going back into school again. Some things that are. I thought you were going to do a riff on things that we had going up before you started talking about that. Oh. I, do I need to bring you back on target? Yeah, bring me back on target because, you know. Yeah. What have you been up to? I've been up to a lot. What have you been up to? Uh, we've we've been filming a lot. We've been back and forth from city to city, from Charlotte to Atlanta to Charlotte. Um, we have done a lot of travel. Yeah, we have. And hey, we're going to Costa Rica later this month too. But Charlotte was really fun because uh, you were working on a project uh, for Sprout with a company called City Brew Tours. Mm -hmm which is basically a company that takes people, they're designated drivers and takes them to the best breweries in town and you get to drink and hang out with people that you start out not really talking to and by the end you're best fast friends. It's like going on a wine tour with mm -hmm. someone too. With beer. Yeah, there's just something about hanging out with someone, drinking and eating good stuff and getting a little bit drunk that brings everybody closer. It's called drunk. Okay. <laughs> But it was really fun. Alcohol. And you had one of your other clients actually wrangle up a lot of extras for us as well, models. And talk about the best kind of modeling gig to be on, right? Yeah, thank you, Allie. Allie is the one who brought in all of the extras to sit on the bus mm -hmm. while we drove around drinking beer and eating barbecue. Mm -hmm. So City Brew Tour, you drink, and we drive. And one of your other models was actually a driver, posed as the driver for it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a funny question. We were on that podcast this morning with Fiona, and she was talking about, you know, how do we connect with people? And when you really stop and reflect about it, I'm actually good friends with a lot of my clients. I Because we don't really have our own friends. So we, well, they become our friends. Yeah, I know. It's great, right? Yeah. So, Sierra, thank you, because I know she watches this podcast. Yeah. Thank you for being our lovely tour guide. She's the funniest driver she had someone convinced that she was a NASCAR driver, and that's why she was doing that. She's so deadpan. I know. She could get away with it. I want to, but Allie, thank you for that. I appreciate you bringing all those people in. So now you got your shout out and your attention that you so hungrily crave. Sierra. She's not just a model. She's, she's more fun. than that. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. All right. Sorry. Now you can do whatever. Okay. So as we get back to the leering, leering men at your daughter. Mm -hmm. 
we decided it was time to have some uncomfortable conversations. And we got into the topic of there's so many uncomfortable conversations that need to be had, but as parents, we sometimes avoid them. And we were saying that our parents totally avoided those conversations with us, like totally. There's not a single item. And we have a list that we put together. Yeah, there's a list. We crafted. There's a list we put together. There's not a single item on this list that our parents ever once had a discussion with us about. And we're going to, so this is sort of a letter to ourselves or writing ourselves a letter to ourselves and hopefully are you going to deliver something. it to your mom? No, you should. No. And then you can get on the phone <laughs> and she could actually have these conversations with you on a podcast. I know that would be funny. That would be retrofitted conversation with the Glasgow accent. I would love to get both of our moms on the podcast and we give them this list and they have to have this conversation <laughs> with us today as if it's a retrofit. That is a great idea. Yes. All right. My mom, my mom will be really close to the camera when she does it. You're going to have to somehow. And your mom will get off topic and talk about your chocolate brown eyes and Debbie. Have you seen these eyes? They're not brown. Anyways. All right. So should we jump into this? Yeah, we, this is fun. All right. We have a list. We have a list. I'm going to read them because you can't see them. And because my memory has. Oh my God. Imp- literally memorized every single one of them there's 162 we're going to get through no <laughs> but we hope that you kind of have a laugh with us and then think about where where you were as a a youth and if you had these conversations and even better are you going to have some of these hard conversations with any of your kids or do you even have kids all right so i'm going to read the list to you you're going to give me your feedback i may or may not have a comment on it oh no we both have to have comments oh, okay. for sure all right well we have to keep them like brief because there's a lot i want to get through all of them okay fine so don't allow you know, me to we ramble. could always break this up into two no hey. make it one don't allow me to ramble all right ready number one on our list that neither lisa nor myself oh by the way i'm diva welcome to mind body business i'm lisa staff i think we already did that oh we did i can't remember all right number one on our list sex masturbation and lady visitor of the month. <laughs> Ooh, it's the golden trifecta. Ah, I like that. All right, talk to me. Never got the sex talk. Never. Well, there was the masturbation. I don't know. Nobody ever talked about it, but I knew once I got married and was in church, was told basically you are the spawn of Satan if you ever touched yourself or you would go blind. There was a lot of theories running around. I I was homeschooled until I was twelve, but I but I we can tell. But I but I but I do know there were some theories like if you masturbate, you'll go blind, Mm -hmm. like all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what or what isn't true about that. My parents never spoke to me about any of those three topics. Um, Definitely not sex in terms of a real sex conversation. But I did have a conversation with my dad after I'd already been engaged in sexual relationships with the did girlfriend he no he did not know otherwise i probably would not be here today how old were you i was a at least a freshman or sophomore in high school okay and i had been dating someone for for a couple of years and we had been uh we had engaged in some terribly romantic maybe eight and a half second sex in her parents upstairs um television room how many people do you think have that same story though every high school person on the planet i would suspect yeah but my dad and it as a youth being participating in that it doesn't seem so bad but as a parent you're like keep your bedroom door open you're not going upstairs with anyone stay down oh my god i have two stories to tell you may i share see this this whole thing here your number one is a podcast in itself 
I will. My first story, you're probably right, but let's see if I can get there really fast. So my first story, number one, was I was a sophomore freshman in high school. My dad called me into his office. And uh, if you don't know my father. I like that your dad had an office. Yeah, he had everything. None of us had anything, but he had everything, including all my money. And we'll talk about this in a minute. (laughs) But my dad called me into his office just as I was about to go out on a date with Christine Campbell. Hi, Christine. I keep hearing about this Christine. Do I need to be worried? Her dad was a horse sculpturer. You know, those really horrible sculptures you see, like like sitting in the middle of like a park somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And he would always make them and he would get my opinion on them and they were horrible. And I'd be like, Mr. Camel there, is that a dragon or is that a stallion? Like they were horrible, but I couldn't say that because I wanted to go upstairs with his daughter. So I was like, those are amazing. (laughs) Back in eight seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Ask me in eight, I'll tell you what they look like. (laughs) See you in a gif. (laughs) So my dad, I was getting ready to go out with Christine Campbell. And my dad dad calls me into his office while he was in his white Scooby-Doobies with his yellow pea stain front. And he was like, we didn't have a conversation. I was like, what are we talking about, dads? And on the middle of his desk, he started to draw this picture and it was a fucking thermostat. And I was like, what? He's going to have me install thermostat, whatever it was. So he gets out these multicolored pens from my little sister's Crayola bucket. And he starts jotting off these line graphs on the thermostat. And then he starts filling in words like warm-up period, first kiss, starting to touch each other, getting too close for comfort, blah, blah. And each one was color-coded in like a gradient from like pinks to oranges up to the red zone. The Danger. red zone. Danger will rob. Yeah, the red zone was like the spurt point. And um, so he starts telling me like what I should be aware of when it's I'm a with- a thermometer. So that's like mercury poisoning yeah. up at the top like that. Yeah. Mercury rising poison. So he starts telling me that when I'm with Christine, there's going to be periods of time when I'm with her alone, where I have to really police myself because I will be, I will get to a point of no return, which was the red zone. And, and I, the whole time I'm fading innocence, like, no, explain to me that what is this orange part right here where it says, that I'm touching her. What does that mean? I'm touching her. Like what part? And he, so I'm asking all these really ridiculous questions, knowing exactly. Anyway, long story short, that was my sex talk, and that was the only time I ever had a conversation about sex with my parents. Was I got the ther- thermostat drawing? Are you going to use that with your daughters? Or are you going to go with the the tried and true classic of the baseball? Oh well, I've been what using base? I've been using subliminal development with them from the, from the day they were born. I had those pictures enlarged and framed and they're on their crib ceilings and now nice. they've transferred to their bedroom ceilings. So nice. every night they go to bed, they see it. They have no idea what it's, what it means, yeah. but they will soon. So you never got a real sex talk? Mm-mm. Me neither. Never. Four kids later would have been helpful. So the period piece, what would you tell your children about? Because you have two daughters. Did you have the period talk with your girls? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And different than, you know, there was, there was a, a talk that I had at school when I was a youth, which didn't really enable you to be comfortable with it and set you up for success. Um, yeah. You see that flash? That was our, weird. That was our screen. cue to move on to the next one. <laughs> Except for when that glorious moment did happen and I became a woman at the glorious age of 12. Um, my mom just kind of handed me a sanitary product the size of a mattress mm-hmm. and said fly be free and left me to it so yeah i know that you've set your girls up with a little bit more um, help than that well i've always there's been... been great inventions in sanitary products since then yeah well my parenting style is has always been sort of relatively open about everything honest and, uh, and relatively transparent i have had the sex talk 
The only thing that I haven't had the conversation with is, which is where you come in and you're going to do it for me, is I don't want my kids as they now become sort of dating and age, my daughter's about to get her license, so she'll be out doing her own things. They understand what sex is and how babies are made and all that sort of stuff, but they don't, I haven't had the conversation with them of that basically every male teenager on the planet is just one giant raging thermostat like my dad drew <laughs> and that they're they will do literally anything they possibly can yeah. sometimes dangerously no offense um i don't mean this to go dark but sometimes do anything mm -hmm. like and, and i need mm -hmm. them to be more self-aware around what that actually means i don't want to like strike the fear of i don't want to strike fear into their hearts but at the same time like how do you toe that line between just this is what not being a people pleaser yeah having self-worth all yeah. of those things trusting your guy yeah all of that if a dude say he loves you at 14 15 years yeah. old he don't love you like that means nothing yeah. literally means nothing yeah. okay yeah so all right number two. Um, oh, sorry did you want to say anything else about masturbation oh masturbation i never had that conversation I, I it was obviously something that was never frowned i discovered masturbation on my own um i was a dishwasher at around 12 years old and um, I used to wash dishes for legally. I was working for a deli in, in my city. My brothers also worked there. And I was in the back washing dishes. And on the second or third day I was there, um, the counter just happened to be the perfect height for my little self in those days. And there was lots of warm water splashing in all the nefarious areas. And I started noticing the little fella was getting excited and, and, that, and that rubbing up against, against the counter sort of felt nice. So that was my first engagement with little fellow. Wouldn't it have been nice to have a conversation to figure out what the heck is going on with your body? Well, I did. I went to the owner. She was there was a couple of lesbians that owned it. And I was like, do you know what this is and what's going on here? Like, do you need to call 911 because something's like, not right. They immediately put me into the giant walk-in cooler. I had to sit there for 15 minutes and I came back. Watch your thermometer. Change the yeah, That's right. I went nice. back from red to pink. You're fine. So later that night, I came home. I started washing dishes at my mom's house again, just so I could sort of replicate that model. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, I was in my basement and uh, just just having a good old time with uh, yeah, okay. with Mary and her five fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, knowledge is power, and to understand that there's nothing wrong with understanding your body and not being ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. and um, well i didn't understand anything but i, I wasn't ashamed either <laughs> so it was fine okay was, let's just move on i was trying, <laughs> trying to go like the high road all right number but, two making money understanding money investing credit cards credit card debt all that adulting stuff credit scores all those things i never had any knowledge saving your money putting things away what are you going to invest in? How much money? Like, honestly, when you have a, a job as a teenager and you're like, I just got a raise. I'm making $15 an hour. I got enough to live on for the rest of my life. Yeah. I knew nothing. Understanding like budgets and what goes into the expenses and the cost of living and what, what kind of lifestyle do you mm -hmm, want to have? Mm -hmm. So I went to a, I went to a really wealthy college my freshman year. Trinity College, Hartford, Connecticut, and my nice. my my neighbor Katie McKay, my dorm neighbor, used to shop at a store called East Bay. She was on the crew team. Row that's mm -hmm. crew. That's that's yep. um, sign language for yeah. crew. And um, she had this magazine called East Bay, and they had all these really cool jackets and shoes and all sorts of cool outdoor wear. And anyway, um, one day I am going down to the cafeteria to eat or get my mail or whatever you do in college as you walk through a cafeteria. And there were these people that had all these tables signed the, the, out advertising, signing up for free money and all these different things, credit cards. I didn't know what a credit card was. And, okay, and wait, 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 sidebar here. 
you got in on a scholarship because you were a bit of a brainiac and a jock, and you didn't freaking know what a, a credit card was. I had no was. idea what a credit card was. See, that's that's the whole lost in translation. We assume that something as basic as that, that our kids know it or understand it. Not a single time in my entire life did my parents ever have a conversation like, with me about money. You're an adult in college. Yeah. So they had these voluptuous, hot young lassies that were like advertising credit cards. And of course, every dude on the walkthrough would be like, whoa. And Give these, me all of them. Yeah, like these were grown women like yourself. Like they were real women, like not just like college girls women. So the girl calls you. 25. Yeah, so the girl calls me over and she starts talking to me about how I can get a credit card and I like have a $5,000 balance, blah, blah, stuff. And you can sign up right here and sign in. And you'll have a credit card in the mail. And about a week later, I got this credit card in the mail, a Discover card. And it was like, you have a $5,000 limit. And I said, I have no idea what that means. But Katie had her East Bay magazine. So one time I called up on the phone, this is before internet days. And I was like, I'd like to have one of those, 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 those. I literally ordered like $5,000 worth of, of clothes from East do Bay. Do you still have those clothes in your closet? I do not. So anyway, I had all these, I ordered all these things and they came in the mail. And I was like, fuck yes, man. I actually have some new clothes for the first time in my life. I never had new clothes. I was like Goodwill shopping. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to wear my, um, my brothers are considerably older than me, so I was always like 20 years out of fashion by the time I'd go to school because I'd be wearing their garments, mm-hmm. but I had new clothes all my own. I thought you said you uh, that they had floods too. Yeah, well, they were floods because I was taller than my brother, so his pants were always going to be shorter on me, mm-hmm. which is why I wear them to this day. Um, anyhow, so I, I have my clothes, and then you know, 30 days later or so, I get a, a, a an invoice in the mail saying I have to pay this money back press press that was, that was my first exposure to credit cards so those difficult situations those difficult conversations need to be had don't we, we assume that they know because they're so wise in so many other things but you know what we're dumbasses at that age still yeah we're smart in some things and dumb yeah you, you need to have a conversation with your children and i do on a regular basis on financial financial literacy around what money is what it means to make money the idea of debt to income ratio all of these things investing money buying real estate you know taking care of your money saving money diversifying your portfolio like not that i'm sitting here having these conversations in that much depth but i do have my kids both have um debit cards bank accounts etc so they learn they learn the idea of spending loss income revenue so they sort of understand what that means now i never had any of that so well, yeah, and the significance of, I think it's even harder right now with social media and the presence of, of expectations of your standard of living. You know, you get out of school, are you going to buy that $100,000 vehicle and then live in a tent? No. Well, <laughs> well, that's a good point because I did. I got this badass, um, my first job out of college, I was working in New York City. And, you know, as a freshman, I got a, it was like $50,000 and a $25,000 signing bonus. And I'm like, I literally have $75,000 in my bank account, which I didn't, but I thought I did. So I did, I went out and bought my first car and it was a $50,000 car. Cause I was like, I'm making 75. I can obviously afford it, but, but I you're living in New York where you really, correct. Don't, you don't need a car. Yeah. So that was, I, I still never learned any literacy and they don't teach you that so, shit in yeah. college so either. There's that whole saying smart in school, dumb on the bus. That was me. So teach your kids about financial literacy mm-hmm. now it's never t- mm-hmm. i think sometimes par- not that i'm like parent of the year but i think a lot the of value parents, of the dollar yeah i think sometimes parents 
think that they're kids because they're kids, they're idiots. They're not. They're really intelligent and they're sponges. So the more information you can drop on them, the more they'll absorb, right? Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, you actually have a little smart kid on your hand. And honestly, that you, you never get past that stage. Even though that you're an adult, we can all learn more things about sex, masturbating, finance, all of those things. Yeah. We can all learn more. Absolutely. There's no, knowledge is, is everything. All right, number three. Being pretty in high school means absolutely nothing in real life. No, you know, and it, it's funny, like we were so harsh and judgy in high school about who looks how and how good looking and this person and that person who's popular. And I listen to my kids now talking about certain people and kind of being judgy like that. And you look at those youth at, and you're like, they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful. And it's not really going to do them any good or set them apart if that's, you know, the, what, what are they called down here when they're prom king or whatever? The same thing, yeah. prom king and queen, yeah. yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. No one's going to care in, once you get out of high school. Yeah. And, well, there's probably that one guy who was like the starting something on his high school football team, and he still goes to the bar every afternoon and talks that about you, that. I was that guy, but I, you would never know that because I would never tell you that I was that guy. So... Mm. That's the difference. So anyhow, being pretty means nothing. Your your future, your life, the, everything that you will eventually become is going to be based upon so many more things that have much more depth to yeah. them. What's your value of your character? What's your value of your integrity? How do you treat people? How hardworking are you? Are you honest? Are you yeah. diligent? All those things matter. Pretty looks mean jack shit. And I, I think maybe there's a difference with the sexes too. Like, probably for you it was like you know if you're a jock if you're really good at certain sports that's that's the the armor that you wear with with girls where we're always oh you're so pretty you're so cute so it's a different type of armor that they wear instead of telling them you are a strong confident woman you're or you're brilliant or you know all the other things that build them up yeah. as opposed to just we technically just say oh, you're so pretty you're so cute that's a very good point. I never got those compliments because I, I, again, I was never like stud muffin homecoming king in high school. I was just sort of, you know, I, I did what I did. I, you were I, in Napoleon Dynamite being stuffed into lockers? I wasn't being stuffed into lockers. <laughs> garbage cans, strictly <laughs> garbage cans. I was, I didn't really have a clique or a group in high school. I just sort of, uh, I was sort of just kind of there. I just did my own thing. I never really was part of anything. I played sports, but I was also in theater and I was on debate team and all those crazy things like that. Thespian. Yeah, I was a thespian, but I don't think I was very attractive. Like I, I remember I had like bad teeth and I like pimples and I had like a giant Lou Ferrigno haircut going on. <laughs> my dad used to cut my hair, which was really a weird thing because he would give me like basically the vampire haircut from another, Eddie Munster as a little kid. That's another thing. Don't cut your kid's hair. Yeah, what the fuck? My we dad... all think as parents, I've cut my son's hair. My one son still has that flinch from when I snipped his ear the one time. <laughs> he's like, he's got a bad twitch from it. And the bowl cuts, no. We should add that to your it. list. Don't fucking touch your kid's <laughs> hair. My dad used to bring me into his bathroom, which was the grossest thing to begin with, first of all. And he would cut my hair and he would experiment with my hair like he was sort of by living vicariously through my hair because he didn't have any and i had this giant head of hair you wouldn't know it now but i had like literally lou ferrigno from uh, you know who lou ferrigno yeah. okay so the hulk so if you for the for your for you young folk who listen to this lou ferrigno google him he had like this giant massive noggin he looked like a chia pet and 
my dad used to experiment with my hair and he'd give me these fucked up haircuts and he didn't like the way I wore my hair. So sometimes at nighttime, he would put my hair in rollers. <laughs> I don't even believe this. This is, this is a true story. I'll get so my mom's on the phone. My hair would be filled with pink rollers. And then he'd make me wear like my sister's pantyhose over my head to sleep. So when I wake up in the morning and have to go to him, he'd pull off my hair cap. I don't believe this. This it's is true. ridiculous. Pull off my hair cap and he'd pop out on my rollers and my Chia Pet was like this giant Jerry Curl fro. This do is we, true. Do we have this on the list that not everybody is equipped to be a parent? No, but it should be. But let's go yes. back to the hair piece. Okay. Like parents, leave your kids' hair alone, yeah. man. Just let them yeah. do what they do. Like yeah. you were, you were through when you were a kid. You were going through that shit as a as a teenager yourself, trying to figure out what you want. Like yeah. it's not your job to tell me how to wear my hair, bro. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next. Um, I think this one's really important to me, and I really because I have daughters. You don't have to get married, first of all. And don't get married until you can support yourself financially. Mm, so I have that conversation all the time with my girls because just because someone asks you to get married doesn't mean you need to say yes. That's not necessarily the next step in your life. No, marriage isn't necessarily for everyone. Need, no. need to happen at 19. No. But when you have your own money, you have that independence to make the right choices or hopefully the right choices as opposed to, oh, okay, well, then I don't need to live with my parents anymore. And we can share the rent. Yeah, like so as not a good life decision. No, not at all. So as high school, you know, you 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 finish high school, and all they tell you is the next step is go to college, get a degree, get a job, work for the corporation, get married, have two and a half kids and a dog and a cat, and live on a fucking suburb somewhere and live out your life. And guess what? When you retire, you're gonna have a pension and all these sorts of things. That's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like I, honestly, I got married to have two wonderful kids from it, but. I never saw myself getting married and I sort of was like, oh, now I'm in a relationship. I have to get married. That's the next logical step. Like you don't have to get married. You don't have to have kids. Like just do your thing. If you meet somebody and marriage feels like a logical opportunity for both of you after you've already done some shit like travel, work, play around a little bit, live in some different areas, try different things, like do your thing. If you really feel like you want to get married, then get married, but you don't have to. Absolutely. Um, in, in my situation, too, because I was in a certain church, too, there's a lot of people that would get married very quickly because they had been celibate. Mm. Well, so just to jump on that bandwagon so that they could finally not be celibate. So are you saying that it's OK to have sex before marriage? We had that conversation. and I think that's a really good conversation, too. You know, as as we have girls, what's the conversation? Because you want them to be modest to a certain extent, but you want them to be free. So, so how do you delineate that, that you don't want to be like, Hey, I want you sleeping around with everyone. And, but you want them to know that part of that relationship that they're going to have with whoever's going to be in their future. There's, there's a whole bunch of components to it. And it's not just, you know, Hey, he makes me laugh. Hey, he's my best friend. I love him, whatever. There's a certain amount of that that's desire and that desire. You need to make sure that you fit in the mm. right way because honestly we don't fit with everyone yeah just because someone's your soulmate doesn't mean they're gonna fit that way and that can cause a lot of unhappiness well let's go back to that for yeah. a second so you know kids are gonna do what kids are gonna do i'm, I'm a firm believer in that as parents we actually don't have as much control over the outcome and direction of our kids as we mm -hmm. think we do. And the more we try to force our dogma and bullshit down their throat, the more they're going to resist. So my, my piece of my piece of advice from my parenting experience, whether it's right, right, wrong, or indifferent to you is irrelevant. It works for me 
is that I've always been honest and transparent with my kids. And if I am going to have that conversation with them about sex and are you okay to have sex, that's ultimately up to you because you're going to do what you're going to do. But I would say this, if you're drinking and having sex as a teenager, you know, this is what the outcome and the repercussions of that are. If you're with somebody who doesn't treat you with respect and dignity and you're having sex with them, these are the repercussions and the, and the possible fallout from that. If you're having sex, there is always the risk of you having a baby. There's always a risk of this. Like, I would just say, if you're going to have sex before marriage or have sex period as a teenager in high school or college or whatever it is, be self-aware around it, understand what you're getting yourself into and understand that there are implications for it. Yes. And they know that because, you know, they know everything sort of thing. And we knew everything, but they haven't had that discussion with their parents yeah, too. Like, yeah. like there's a difference between kind of being light and brushing it off uh, with your friends yeah. and joking around about absolutely. it and having that serious conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't actually believe that we have nearly the amount of control over our kids outcome as we think we do as parents i did stupid things absolutely i did stupid things yeah i did horrible yeah and i think that's why we want to you know protect them in a certain way and we talked as well about you know again you know the the life that i was living like you would never live with someone you know a common law or anything like that was so inappropriate it's a really good idea even the um the situation through college that they have roommates and they realize how difficult it is not just living with their family and their siblings but yeah. living with other people yeah there's a lot that goes into to finding your your perfect mate and, and marrying someone so let's like, continue like figuring out what that what they have in their bank <laughs> that's right priorities over here yeah <laughs> all right let's just see your credit report and your financial stats all right, next on our list is something very near and dear to me because I never had the opportunity to do it because my dad actually told me not to do this, which is travel before you do anything else. Whether you're in college, you should travel. Whether you're after college, you should travel. When, you, when your life begins, you should travel. The more you can travel, the more exposure you're going to get to multiple potential opportunities, people, personalities, anything you can possibly think of, culture. And I actually am a big proponent, and we talked about this before, that you shouldn't be allowed to work for a job, for an employer, in that employee-employer relationship, unless you have done some sort of an internship of travel in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage everyone to travel. And when I was in college, I had the opportunity to go to Ireland for a year, which is why I was so excited to go to Ireland with you. And I was on a football scholarship at the time. And both my father and my, my football coach told me not to travel, that travel was a horrible idea. There was, it wasn't cracked up to what we thought it was. And if I traveled, my dad gave me some idle threats. And my football coach told me that he wouldn't um, renew my scholarship if I left the team to go travel for a year. So you learn a lot about yourself when you travel. And I'm talking about independent travel. You know, it's great to travel with a group as well. Mm -hmm. And I guess probably as a woman, you know, you should be traveling with someone else too, but there's something great about traveling alone. You find out a lot about yourself and you find out there's a lot of people that are willing to, they're friendly, they'll help you, mm -hmm. you know, you step out of your comfort zone and you discover a lot of things. Yeah. Well, that should be on the list too, that it's okay to be alone. And then that goes back to the, the one that you don't have to get married. It, it's okay to be alone. Yeah. In fact, that's going to be yeah. on our list here in a minute. We'll talk about it in a second. All right. Um, next on the list, and this one is actually really important to me as well, is you should learn to write. You should learn the, the, the basics of grammar, composition, and, and reading and writing and interpreting that sort of thing. Uh, and this is, if my dad did one thing right with me, he did this. 
we used to have this class and you you know that I was homeschooled right until 12. Um, but even after I went to school, I had to continue this. Are you getting glossy eyed on me? Am I talking too much? Um, he called it comp comp class. And I never remember what it stood for comprehension and something other, but we used to have to uh, read really high end stuff like medical journals, McGuffey reader books, encyclopedias, like all sorts of stuff. He would give us these passages and then we would have to read it, interpret it and write it back down in our own words and what it meant. And then like create the whole juxtaposition of a story and a hook and a, an outline and all these sorts of things. And that's, I'm a good writer. You're a great writer. And I've learned to write because of that. And if there's anything- Really fast. Yeah. And if there's any, if there's anything that you can get from schooling in your younger years that you, that you take away is understand how to write, how to mm -hmm. compose and have critical thinking around what you do. Mm -hmm. So that was my, that's the only one I have for that. Well done. You have any thoughts on that? Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, you can write too. You don't give yourself credit just because you, you don't think you're as good of a writer as me. It's it's you just have a different style. It's yep. not it's not gooder or worse or anything like that. See how I did that? <laughs> All right. Never settle for a paycheck is next on our list. Yeah, money isn't everything. It helps, but to get yourself in that, you know, you're going to talk about your job that you had, making the dollar making the big dollars. I feel like I'm losing you over here. No. Are you fading out? No, okay. not at all. So never settle for a paycheck. I agree. Money is important. Money is the currency and the economy of life. And if you don't have it, you can't do a lot of cool things. So you do want to make money, but it shouldn't be the sole exclusive reason why you're doing something. And I learned that the hard way. Um, you heard me talk a minute ago about graduating college and went into the work for the corporate world. And it's not what I wanted to do. There were many other opportunities. I had, I had the opportunity right out of college to go work for ESPN. And I was going to travel with one of their executive producers um, and be on the production team for Major League Baseball. And I didn't take that job because it didn't pay me enough money. And I was, I was like, I had this giant opportunity with this huge paycheck. And I, I settled for that. I had another opportunity to, to be a camp director up in Canada and Maine for a children's camp. And I had... Maine is not in Canada. No, Maine and Canada. They, were, okay. they, they had two camps, and so I would have gone. You Americans, your geography of Canada, it's terrible. So anyway, I, I had other opportunities, all of which I turned down, and I mm -hmm. took the job opportunity that was a bigger paycheck, and I ended up hating my, I sold my soul, I sold my soul to the devil. Um, you know, I learned a lot of things through that business opportunity, which arguably, I guess, led me to where I am today. But nonetheless, I would, and I tell this to my kids all the time, pursue things that you want to pursue that mm -hmm. make your soul happy, the things that make you want to do that. Do every you not think day. that they, then when you're happier, you're more dynamic in what you're doing, and then that can lead to the potential of earning more money anyways. You just never know what at the onset of that one thing, what that can um, cascade into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next one. Yeah, read it. I can't. Okay. Um, you need to learn how to fix shit when you're a kid. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you're fantastic at fixing things. So you, some you get mad at me when I've when I've done stuff when you're like, well, you're supposed to wait for me. It's like, oh no, I've already done that. Yeah, it's I don't get mad at you. You always say that. No one gets mad at you. You need to learn the difference between mad. You realize and... I've built homes before, I've done yeah. all that you're stuff. You're fantastic so, at that stuff. Yeah. So, so learn how to fix things. Yeah. Learn how to cook, learn how to fix things. You like decoration learn how to decorate i never got to do any of that stuff i was always the sawdust blower when my dad was uh building things you know mm -hmm. what the sawdust blower is yeah you told me my dad would be sawing and i had to sit there right down at like eye level with the saw blade and blow the sawdust off the wood while he saw it that was That's only, really important that was only but there's so many things you learn about yourself when you're working with your hands mm -hmm. 
you learn what goes into it. You learn how to take care of things, but you also kind of learn how to not be swindled as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that one. Whether it's your car, you know, learn more about your car and all of that, these things so that we can be independent and mm -hmm. not be taken from advantage. I was at my brother's house a few years back, true story, and I'm going to make fun of him because he's sometimes an asshole. And <laughs> you say that about a lot of your siblings. He didn't know how to use a hammer and he, oh, and he was using this hammer sideways and he was sort of doing like this push motion. And yeah. Total jackass. So I had to show him how to use a hammer, and he never—he had never used a hammer. And he could before. ask pretty much any toddler around him, and if they would be able to tell him how to use a hammer. Well, he missed out on the hammer days, so he did not use a hammer. All right, um, this one is the next one. I don't know if we should talk about it, but when your parents and your dad ask you to come into their room at ten o'clock at night and massage their feet or walk on their back for hours on end. It's okay to think that your parents or your dad might be a little bit creepy. <laughs> just, just because someone is your parent doesn't mean that they're actually an icon of someone worth uh, celebrating. I'm just trying to be nice. Well, not everybody is fit to be a parent. No. That's, where, that's that. the point. Not everyone's fit to be a parent. Yeah. You, you don't have to have kids. And if you feel like your kids are going to be, if you're going to be begrudged to have children, you probably shouldn't have children. We know somebody who is pregnant currently. Mm -hmm. And every time we talk to her and ask her how things are going, she's like, well, it kind of sucks because I can't drink anymore. I can't party anymore. I can't do it. I was like, I guess that's you're like, oh, girlfriend, that's the tip <laughs> of the iceberg. Just you wait. <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess that's fine. But... Say no to free time. Say no to having money. Say no to uh yeah so if you don't have <laughs> if you don't want to have kids then be a little bit more discretionary around what you're doing to make those kids in the first place i guess because she didn't get the talk number one she never got the talking to right? that's right she needs to sit down and watch this podcast before she did rewind her life a little bit yeah all right next piece since we've both lived in suburbia grass is just a weed oh my gosh and yes it's never more apparent than in your neighborhood i know Dudes be crazy about their lawns. I know. I know. So I know part of it is it's therapeutic. It's nice to go out and cut your grass. Also, sometimes it's nice to go out and get away from your spouse. And I think that's what <laughs> some of them are doing, just to get out and away from nagging spouses. So these are things that we wish our parents had told us. So I'm trying to find a parallel why we put this on the list. And I guess the thing would be is that instead of spending copious amounts of hours on and throwing pesticides and herbicides all over your lawn, maybe just don't just, sweat the little stuff. Just don't sweat the little stuff. Like mm -hmm. hang with your kid, throw the baseball, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Like your lawn doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. It's, it's just grass is a weed that we've decided to make it an ornament and yeah. it's really nothing more than that. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to say on that no. one? All right. <laughs> just because you're married and you have children and you've decided to have kids this is next on the list our parents are not gods no we need to realize that and i and i tell this to my children on a regular basis just because i'm your dad doesn't mean i have all the answers I, it's okay to admit to your kids that sometimes you just don't fucking know mm -hmm. or that sometimes you're having a hard day yeah it's okay you don't have to be perfect yeah and I tell that to my children i was like you know what sometimes i'm going to make mistakes i actually make a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. and I try the best that I can, but just like you, I'm human. And just because I'm your dad doesn't mean I'm perfect. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents think 
because they're the parent, they have to be this paragon of excellence and they're not allowed to have any wiggle room around making mistakes or whatnot. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I think kids will respect you yeah, more and learn from you exactly more. I was going to say, you know, so, the, the expectations that they have to live up to, if they think that everything is perfect and nothing is hard, you know, for parents to have that, that transparency to say, okay, I'm struggling with this. This is really hard for me to get mm-hmm. through, or, you know, I'm, I'm balancing finances or I'm, I'm, I'm learning this new thing. That's really, you know, a struggle or, or all the things, all mm-hmm. the things that, that components that make up being an adult. Mm-hmm. I, I think that as a parent, our kids would, our, I, I think that we would have better relationships with our children if, if they clearly understood the principle that they're going to make mistakes, we're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot more. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as perfection. And if we can have those conversations and transparency with our children, they'll, they'll, be more, mm-hmm. they'll be more in touch with themselves when they do make mistakes and not so fearful of living up to some judgment yeah. they think they're going to get from their moms or their dads. Absolutely. Which leads me to the next point, which is I wish something my dad and my mom had told me before which is love yourself first before anyone else. Learn to love yourself before anyone else. And I think a lot of people mistake that for narcissism or vanity and whatnot, but talk a little bit about that because I know you've been on sort of this meta- metamorphosis of, of finding out who you really are over the last five, six years. Well, there's a, a great significance in having self-worth, isn't there? To know your value, to have uh, self-esteem around who you are because that pushes you to do bigger and better things. You're not always sitting in the bleachers watching everybody else do things. You're, you're giving yourself the opportunity to live the life that you want without having regrets. And it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle or fail, but you need to give yourself a chance and not always be applauding other people. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm stammering here. Um, this is a lesson that I have learned over the last few years as well. I used to think that um, I talk a lot about my dad. And and obviously, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I had a horrible relationship with my father. Um, I've learned a lot of lessons through the antithesis of being a good dad to me. And and so because of that, I'm grateful for that opportunity. My dad was a prick. And, you know, he he used to, you know, he, he used to say horrible things to me. And whenever I was sort of like, proud about something I had accomplished. Like I, I, I had a lot of good accomplishments in high school. You know, I was a straight A student and uh, I was scholarship for football. A scholar, I was offered scholarships in, in several sports. Like I was sort of a, I was sort of a, I had some good things going on. And I remember every time I had something good happen, my dad would beat me down and tell me that I wasn't this or I wasn't good that. Like he, one time he told me like, your brothers are way better than you. If they wanted to take your girlfriend from you, they could. And I was like, why would you say that to me? You're such an ass cock. So my point in saying all this is not to, to be dark and dirty here, but like if your kid's doing some cool shit, like let them know how proud you are of them. They, like yeah. it's good to love themselves. It's cool about yeah. that, right? Yeah. yeah, There's there's no point. There's no, there's no way that you should be taking the glory and stealing their thunder. And there's no excuse for living a crappy life and being jealous of your kids living a better life. You need to still live your life. You're, you're, yes, you're a parent, but you're more than that. You had a life before that. You still need to, even though your kids are doing great on the soccer team or whatever else, you still need to accelerate things in your life. Yeah. You need to have a life. Mm -hmm. Don't live vicariously to your children. Your children Mm -hmm. are going to have their life. They're going to do what they do. You do your thing. And then you come together and support them and be there for them as as needed. But, you know, don't put undue pressure on your children my dad used to wait after my um, football games. And if I didn't play to the standards he wanted me to play, I would get off the bus after, you know, driving two hours home from the game. And he would take me down to the football field in full equipment. And I'd have to go through like two, three hours of drills to, in order to pacify his weird sated 
this, whatever it was. And so I never felt like I was good enough for my dad or for, or for any reason. And because of that, it took me a long time through my life to sort of figure out who I was again. And, and um, so my, our lesson for this one, we're yeah. getting darker. And I think, I think you're going to the extreme and not everybody will, exp- and I, I'm not, I'm not downplaying that at all. Yeah. Well, just but learn to love yourself. There, yeah. There's, there's smaller versions of that too, because I think we carry certain things that with us that our parents may have said offhanded and not really even met it. Either they're having a bad day yeah. or you didn't really clearly understand what they're saying. And you carry that with you thinking, well, well, they said this about me and that they meant that and they probably don't even remember sure. saying that so so communicating communicating clearly giving a lot of loving affirmations to your kids too more is like i said not just saying oh you're so pretty what are the attributes what are you doing well and, and giving them those constant attrib- uh, confirmations of what they're doing well and yeah some things you know you can pull up in this i know you i know i know you're better at this than, than I, I love all that i think just be honest with your kid don't so there's the flip side of that which is our next point yes don't fulfill your kids head with delusions of grandeur about themselves like <laughs> then knock them down <laughs> build them up and then knock them we'll down. support your kid for whoever they are and what they are yeah. and, and that doesn't mean that they all have to be the next academia scholar or the next road scholar or the next football scholarship or the next tom brady just be realistic about your children support them encourage them let them build their own self-confidence mm-hmm. let them become what they want to become but don't ever force your kid into something they should they don't want to do i think there's a there's a fine line between making sure your kids involved in activities and doing stuff like I don't you sure as hell not going to let your kid go into a fat fuck playing video games all day long I think that's the worst thing you could possibly do but the other side of that is is maybe they have a brain for being a a game programmer or something Mm -hmm. that is involved that space just have a nice balance of things and don't fill them with delusions of grandeur like everybody doesn't get a trophy like they should probably know know that what about a participant ribbon no I don't think so okay so what kind of Christmas brag letter would your family have wrote and sent out wow who's writing the letter i guess that's <laughs> who, who's writing the letter it could be really interesting I, I used to write this christmas poem every year at christmas time and i would it was a poem it was sort of like a, a roasting of everybody including my i roasted myself just to be fair so that's I, the kind of christmas letter i'd want to get yeah but i got pushback from two siblings both of them are pricks and they <laughs> voted as a family that i wasn't allowed to do the poem anymore so i was like okay whatever i'm not gonna do the poem anymore okay. but i used to write this funny poem yeah. every year it was the night before Christmas, original tagline. But mm-hmm. um, what's next on our list? The next one, we already talked about this one. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to marry. You don't have to have kids. We talked about that. So this one, I, I wish that um, this is a good one for, for us to talk. The next one on the list is you will fight with your spouse. You will have arguments with your kids. It's okay to have arguments. I think everybody feels like we have to live these perfect lives. I think you said it a little bit more specifically. If you're married to somebody, there will be days when you want to fucking strangle your partner. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Was, and that's yeah, perfectly. You're, you're candy coating it a little bit. Yes. There's days that you're like, I am freaking done with you. I hate you. I hate your face. I... Yeah. So my Maybe parents, yeah, Maybe you went a little heavy much. on that one. Whoa. Should I we? Like the way you smell. Do we need to have a conversation here? So like that's okay. Walk. I'm still going on. <laughs> it's not you. It's not you. So it's okay to have disagreements and it's yeah. okay to have arguments. And, you know, my parents used to like hold themselves up in a bedroom. And, like we couldn't hear him screaming behind doors. And then they would come out and yet my mom was like, oh, your daddy is uh, we're just so happy. And there's like tears streaming down red marks on her face. We're just so happy and in love. And we like, 
we we know you're fighting. We know you're beating the shit out of her up there, Dad. It's cool. Like it's not it's cool, so cool, but like like you don't have to be. You don't have to go behind but closed yeah. doors to do it. Yeah, it's not perfect every day. Yeah, it's not perfect every day. There's no such thing as perfect, and there's no such thing as a perfect no. relationship. Like no, even as amazing as we are, and as perfect oh as God. as people think we are, we argue, and you often have to be taught that you I'm always right, and so we clearly have to have that conversation. So, um, next one is for both of us. I think. This probably doesn't apply to um, younger parents today, but you don't have to stay married forever. No. Talk. No, and I think there's 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 a couple of ways of looking at this um, for myself personally. Like you worry, you're like I I can't I can't get out of this because it's going to greatly affect my children and it's going to you know mess up their whole lives. I have to stay in this so that you know they have both parents. You don't need to stay in it when they see that you're unhappy. What kind of examples that's sending? And, you know, like my parents didn't stay together and somehow I survived. Mm -hmm. Well, I ran into this argument a lot of times with with some of my friends when I got divorced. And uh, one particular friend in particular, James, and he he and his wife hated each other. And they were both having um, an open relationship with other partners at the same time. And then they would come home and they would sleep in separate bedrooms and all this sort of stuff. And when he heard that I was getting divorced, he was like appalled. He's like, what about your kids? And I was like, dude, you of all people should know better than any of us that you hate your wife. You hate being married. Your kids hate it. You guys don't even sleep in the same bedroom. You never talk to each other. Mm-hmm. You don't do anything together. What's the point of that? Would you rather your kids see that bullshit yeah. and grow up with that as their model for what a marriage should look like? Yeah. Or would you rather your kids look at what I'm doing, which is I'm having the courage to say that enough is enough. This no longer works. We've yeah. tried it for 17 years. We just can't figure it out. I don't want my kids to see me screaming and, and yelling all the time. I don't want the kids to see their mother screaming and yelling. I want them to see if I decide to get married again, or if I decide to get into a relationship again, I want them to see what it means to be truly in love with somebody and to truly be and to be kind and respectful to each other. Mm-hmm. And I want them to see that. And I want them to know that if they are ever in a relationship, and they feel like they're at wit's end and they put in everything they possibly can, that it's okay to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. And I want them to see that it's okay to walk away from something if it's no longer working for them. Do you think that sometimes we use our kids as, as an excuse though? Absolutely. That's like, the reason he did stay right? together. He's like, I you don't know, want my like, kids to. Yeah. So you blame your kids for your situation with your relationship because you know what? It's hard to start over again. It's hard to, it's hard to maneuver all those things that come about if you're not together. Yeah, absolutely. Don't put your kids in the middle of the, your kids should never be a catalyst for why you stay or don't yeah. stay in a relationship. Yeah. And, and, you know, I had the conversations with my mom too. She's like, well, I stayed in it because of you. And then that makes you feel like, oh, well, I'm an asshole. Yeah. You didn't need to do that, mom. You didn't need to do that. So. Yeah. I agree with that. All right. Next one. This is really important to me. You should take time and make it a priority to take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, eating what you eat, what you drink, all of those things matter. And and you should know that your body is the only body you're ever going to have. It's your shrine. It's your temple. It's your vessel for life. And if you don't take care of it, it's going to run out and expire on you. Right. And I never was told that before. I know. So um, I had a, a funny, can I tell a story? Yep. Make it short. Um, my <laughs> <laughs> When I was in, I was a senior in college and I was visiting my brother. I'll talk really fast. And I went to his gym with him and I played soccer with him and stuff. And 
anyway, he came up to me at some point and while I was down there visiting him, I was like on a spring break or something. And he was like, dude, you're in like amazing shape. And I was in shape. I was boxing and, and, and playing soccer and stuff. So I was literally in, in really good shape. And, and I was like, yeah, well, thanks. Thanks. And he's like, well, just relish it and, and love take stock of what it is now because it won't, won't always be like this. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, as soon as you as soon as you graduate you're going to start working and then you're going to get married and then you're going to have kids and then you're just going to be like you're going to have no time to exercise and no time to do anything you're just going to sort of get fat like i am and i, and I remember that conversation and i told you this before and i remember saying to myself that will never happen ever to me i will always make my personal health a priority with me because if i'm if i'm modeling good health if i do have children my children will see that. Mm -hmm. If I am modeling good health, I can last longer in my job. If yeah. I am modeling, et cetera, you get the cascade my here. My brain is firing faster and better. And I'm yeah. coming up with that great idea. I'm not lethargic. Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, people make time for what they find is important. That's great. What do you prioritize? What, what, so my point is, is that. He, he has time. Everybody has time. Absolutely. It's, maybe you have to get up a little early, earlier. And you might not do it every day, but, you know, you make the effort to do it every day. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker. If you make your personal health a priority, everything else that you do will have more longevity to it, mm -hmm. will have more purpose to it, mm -hmm. will have more, more have capacity to it. Because if you're healthy, everything you do is going to be is going to be compounded because of your health. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a fat fuck and you can't run after your kids, you can't play with your kids. Like mm -hmm. if you're eating poorly and you have to have heart surgery because you're, you're going to be in a hospital and you have to take pharmaceuticals and all, whatever it is, like if you're not taking care of yourself and this isn't just yeah. your body, like this is your mind, like yeah. meditating and reading and just sort of like taking care of yourself. It's sort of like the encompassing bubble. I, I think as well that, that people use that as an excuse to your brother was using an excuse. I haven't, I haven't met him, but clearly there's a little bit of envy and he's using it as an excuse my mom used to say to me all the time oh just wait till you're 20 <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh my god I'm, I'm gonna hit 20 what's gonna happen you hit 20 and you're like just wait till you're 25 and then just wait till you're 30 just wait till you're 40 you know and you're waiting for the sky to fall a chicken little on you i know so what what happened when you were 20 you're still a you're still you know you're in your 40s 50s mm -hmm. You still look amazing. So I'm still, what happens when you hit 60? I don't know. Well, you keep taking care of yourself like this. Well, it's right. gonna, you're going right. to, well, we'll be able to say wait to your 70s and yeah. then we'll say wait to your 80s. Yeah. You're a piece of, uh, Anyways, yeah. anyway. Whew. This is a good list so far. Okay. Um, this is something that's really critical and funny and kind of important. You don't have to eat that whole plate of food in front of you. <laughs> Why did my moms and my dads always be like, you can't get up to finish that plate of food? Yeah. Why is that? Okay, so smaller portions, maybe parents give them smaller portions. Yeah, like don't give me the uh, don't give I me the fucking Cracker people, Barrel plates. I know there's people starving, and it makes me crazy. Still, we are plate cleaners, aren't we? Why are we plate I cleaners? Know. I have Tupperware containers that I can put that food in and eat it later. We it, do. It's like the same thing if you go to a, a buffet restaurant. We've had this conversation. When you go to a buffet restaurant, you go up to the first line of food and you pick up like six plates and you're like, you're literally like That's carrying. That's why we don't go to a buffet. Yeah, you're literally carrying like, just because it's free and it's there, it's A, it's not going anywhere and B, you know, I'm guilty of this. Like I go to the all you can eat sushi sometimes with my kids and it's like, <gasps> where do I start? Where do I eat? Feeding yeah. frenzy. But my parents all would never let us leave the table until we finished our plates. I never understood like, 
I'm just not hungry. Smaller portions. Yeah, like I'm done. My one son still tells the story about, you know, I made a really nice dinner and and this is different, but hey, made a really nice dinner, salmon and everything like that. And kids are really good at hiding their food and pretending that they ate it, but he scraped it in the garbage and I'm going to take it out of the garbage and eat it. He still tells that story, but. Is it because we have scarcity and we don't want them to waste the food? Maybe there's scarcity. I think, I think for me, you know, combining these other lessons that we've talked about they needed to realize that i was having a bad day i'm a person and i had maybe grudgingly made dinner that i thought was really great and they didn't appreciate it so it pissed me off <laughs> you're gonna eat this damn gourmet I meal been doing something else but i cooked this five course meal for you little well i have to i have to catch myself I, one of my daughters is sort of like they that. don't care she doesn't eat as much food as as her as my old my younger sorry my youngest doesn't really eat a lot of food she just sort of like nibbles and, and bits oh. and I'll make this amazing meal and she barely touches it. And I'm like, boy, you not get offended. Me? Yeah. I so did, we need to I, chill out. I ate like bread and jam sandwiches until I was like 11 years old hmm. and somehow I survived. Parents, your kids will survive. Mm-hmm. They will survive. Mm-hmm. And they sort of know, like, just yeah. like we know when to eat and when we're hungry, they know when to eat and when yeah. they're not hungry, like let them do their do thing. Like, like our dogs, we just put a bowl out with some food. <laughs> Well, that's what the fridge is, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> the pantry and the fridge are the dog bowl. Yeah, yeah. Hide the good stuff and hide the junk food. All right, we're getting towards the end of our list. Excellent. Uh, no, not excellent, because this is a con- good conversation. It's the, the, the next item on the list is, it's okay to be an individual. You don't have to be like everybody else. Mm. I feel like sometimes, because I have one kid that's a little weird, and I was a weirdo. And my dad used to always say to me, why do you have to be so weird? Why do you always have to be so different than everyone else? Why can't you just do it like Bryn does it or Tavis does it? Or like, I'm not those people, man. Mm. My brother's a kiss ass. He's going to do whatever you tell him to do. I'm not going to kiss ass. Your two daughters are so different. And they're so different in ways that you know they're both going to excel in different ways. But like, why, do we always, nothing... why do we always try to squelch that? I don't know. Why do people always want to squelch individuality? Why, why do we want people to be like everyone else? Um, you figure that they have to measure up in a certain way and you don't understand all the other opportunities that they have. I, just because just because your one kid is like um, hanging out in the, the cool kids crowd and doing all those things doesn't mean they're going to be a success at yeah, all. Yeah, so my lesson here is like, if your kid's a weirdo, let them explore their weirdness. Let them just do the shit they do. I, I do used to think some of those people that we know from history that have done great things or are great inventors or whatever... Do you think that they were the cool kids? No. Do you think they were prom king and queen? No, no they were the freaking weirdos. There's an Adam Sandler movie, and I don't remember what it's called, maybe Daddy Daycare. And in the movie, he ends up taking, adopting a kid, but he ends up having to take care of like somebody, one of his friend's kids who died. There's something, I know you don't like Adam Sandler, but it's a cool movie. And he lets this kid like do whatever he wants. He goes to school in galoshes and like scuba Steve rain jackets. And just like one time they had to, he had to pee really badly. So he lets his kid just pee on the side of the bricks. I'm not saying your kid has to like drop and start peeing in the middle of the road somewhere, but it's okay if your kid's not like you and it's okay if your kid's doing their own thing, like just let them explore that. Let them figure that shit out. I know my my kids were the ones that went to places with uh, rubber boots, Batman costumes on or whatever. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. I'd be worried if they're still doing it now, but it doesn't matter if they don't live with me, so I don't care. <laughs> All right, so uh, this next one is, is sort of um, a lesson that my daughter teaches me in is that you don't always have to be happy. Life is not always just a glass of lemonade. There are some times when you get some shitty lemons and you just sort of have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So you don't always have to be happy. No, no. 
That's all you have to say? No, no? Well, I'm thinking on it. Oh. Sometimes I have a screaming room that I want to go into and just scream and, you know. That's actually some of those other things that we've talked about. That's when some of those other things fall into place with your exercising, meditation, mm-hmm. yoga, doing whatever activity, journaling, doing all those other things um, and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. Being okay with being with yourself for a while and figuring things out. And it's okay if you have bad days. Like, mm-hmm. I think especially in today's day and age because of social media, because of television, because of the electronic influence of everybody having to be pretty and perfect and have these big homes and big cars and all these things that we sort of feel like if we fall short of that by any grain of sand, we're a failure. Mm -hmm. And what happens is because we don't look like her, we don't look like him, or we don't have that, we don't have this. We sort of, sort of, we spiral into these depressions of like, Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'll never have that you know what, you, you might not be as talented as, as that person. Maybe they have more talent than you, but you're probably good at something else. And it's okay to be upset about things. Like you're going to have days where they're just shit. I have days sometimes where I do want to just crawl into the screen. Yeah, but on those days, so there's a couple things here on those days. Does it give you a chance to recalibrate and rethink why are you sad? What's, what's actually going on? Maybe it's something with work. Maybe you need to have that downtime where you're like, you know what, this is making me really unhappy. Maybe I need to change my path right here. Mm. And unless you have that low, you're not going to have those highs. I like that. So it's okay to be depressed. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to have bad days. I, I would say that if your depression sort of becomes an overhaul and it's mm-hmm. like that for extended periods of time, then then it's time to have a conversation with somebody yeah. who can help you. But you know what? It, you don't always have to be perfect and you don't always have to be happy. And you have to be around people that you can have that conversation. You know, I think we're together sometimes and I'll, I'll be like, hey, I'm off right now. I'm just like, I'm, I'm bummed about something or I'm feeling frustrated or whatever. Because mm-hmm. you'll be like, well, you got a little vibe today. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next item on the list is community over competition. Mm-hmm. And we are taught, especially me because you always call me uber sporty spies and uber competitive i didn't have a choice we have to arm wrestle for everything in this freaking house <laughs> that's not true but but we're we're taught from the day one through sports through school through academia through looks through fashion that we always have to be bigger better faster stronger than anyone else and this is a crazy story my dad used to bring my siblings my two older brothers he used to take them down to um, a local park called dorchester and there were a lot of homeless people there. And he would pay the homeless people money to wrestle and beat the shit out of my brothers because he said they weren't strong enough or fast enough or they didn't know how to fight, yada, yada, yada. You can't make stuff like this up. And and yeah, like and he used to have these, he used to pit- Dad of the year. Yeah. He used to pit us against each other to like who was the fastest and who was the strongest and who could knock each other. We used to have this log and there was like a waterway and the the log would float and he would put us on the log and we'd have to have pillow fights and like literally hit each other that's like shit you see in movies like we like swiss family robinson type stuff that's where he got his parenting and we would literally have to like fight each other and race each other and do stuff and it was always like who was better and who was faster and he used to make fun of the people who weren't like i was a really slow developer like i was tiny till i was a sophomore then i hit sophomore and i used to beat the shit out of my brothers after that but before that i was a little tiny scrawny piece of meat and I always used to get made fun of by my dad because I wasn't fast enough or strong enough. And like, he used to like pit the siblings against each other. And like, dude, that's just not the way you raise a kid ever, is it? Okay, this became about your dad again. What was the point? 
<laughs> that you should learn to collaborate and have community with people. Not everything is a comedy. <laughs> well, my siblings, yeah, we I should know. have learned to just enjoy yeah. each other. We didn't always have to compete. Team together and beat up your dad. I like that. But there the whole point is, even as this translates into business, not everything is a competition. You don't always have to be the best photographer yeah. or the best this or the best that. It's okay to collaborate with people rising and share. Tides, rising yeah, tides. absolutely. It's okay to share trade secrets. Like yeah. it's cool. You'll, you'll get along further and That's faster. That's how we got together. Absolutely. You'll, you'll do further in life if you learn to collaborate and be in a sense of community with people. That's why I want you to collaborate with your bank account with me too. I like that. All right, last one on the list, and then we're at the last one here. Read, 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 read. Learn, 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 learn. Always take on the approach to life. How can you learn something? How can you learn from other people? What can you learn from books? What can you learn from things? Never stop learning. I think you get into trouble if you just kind of pause, and we've talked about that. It's like being on an escalator. You either go up or you go down. You just can't stay in that same path. You get stagnant, you get boring, whatever. Mm -hmm. You're just going to endure to the end of your life or mm -hmm. you're going to just make the most of your life. What would you think is in the last few years has been your biggest lesson that you've learned about life, you, anything? That it's never too late to start, mm -hmm. that I'm more than enough mm -hmm. and that if I don't know it, I can figure it out still or I can have someone help me figure it out. I love that. Or I make enough money that I can pay someone <laughs> to do it for me. What, what has been, uh, on a physical level, what has been, those are sort of intrinsic esoteric things. What are some of the things that you felt you've learned from the most, whether it's a book or a podcast or a, a mentor? What, where have you gotten your biggest intellectual learning in the last few years, do you think? From you. No, I'm serious. To name one thing. Just, is there anything that you can sort of say? No, there's not one thing. It's been a variety of things and things that have popped into my life, um, not by chance. Mm -hmm. People, um, opportunities, things that have pushed me, and things that I've just been able to to manage and learn and grow mm. from each thing. It's not been one thing. It's not like I, I meditate every morning and the answers just fall into my lap. Mm. What about you? Uh, relatively similar. I think um a lot of the types me, of reading of me. course you but a lot of the reading and the podcasting that we've done i've mm -hmm. gotten the opportunity to learn a lot about people yeah and how to engage with them in conversations and that everybody has some really amazing things that they're doing and and i and literally everyone there's something you can learn from them i think and i think as well being comfortable uh, you know i always say being comfortable with being uncomfortable but being comfortable with yourself so that you end up you do take your ego out of it and you're not as um, sensitive to things that you can learn then. Mm -hmm. I think when we become like, we're worried about what it says about us if we don't know something and if we're not the best or whatever, and we, mm -hmm. you know, we're not placing ourselves on that highest pedestal. If we step back and allow for that learning to come in, it'll flood in. Yeah. So don't allow, your, e don't allow your ego to get in the way. Mm -hmm. All right, this has been a fantastic conversation. Any closing thoughts you'd like to share? Um, that was a long list mm -hmm. and any, there's a lot more stories that I need to hear from you. Any other closing thoughts as it relates to the podcast? Uh, well, I would say not everyone needs to be a parent. Let's start with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, no trash talk. My mom won't listen to this. My mom, I love my mom. She was a great mom and she did the best that she could, but she could have done better with me. <laughs> I, I think my closing thoughts for this are. As a parent, it's okay to admit that we don't have the answers. Mm -hmm. I, have, I wish that my parents had taken the time to have these conversations with me and I'm not, I've turned out halfway decent. So 
maybe there was some sort of lesson in that in all of that that I had to learn it on my own. But I, I would say that there are a few things that should have been imparted to me as a child. A lot of them around education, literacy, around working and life and the, and the meaning of like getting a job and all that stuff. You don't have to be like everyone else. But I think more than anything else, without sounding cliche, is that there are so many things that happen as you grow older that will get in the way of you just spending time with your children and doing things with your children, whether it's our jobs or whether it's, you know, your, your profession or whatever it is. I think for me, it, it's always to be honest and transparent and forthright with my children in, in every way possible. And even if that means that it's uncomfortable and to be willing to have those conversations with them and don't look at them because they're kids, they might not understand mm-hmm. or comprehend it. Mm-hmm. They know a lot more than mm-hmm. we give them credit for. And I think that if we can have that open door policy with them, that will come back to us in spades because they know that they can always come to us when when needed. And yeah. it's not something they would have to be ashamed or embarrassed or worried yeah. that they can't tell their parents or their Absolutely. dad. Absolutely. And if you are deciding to be a parent, have more than one because then you can experiment on the first <laughs> one and improve on the second one. So what happens if you have 12? Oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. Anyway, all right. This has been a great, I appreciate your thoughts on this and your feedback. And thank you for listening to our, our list of, I think it was 27 items. Life-changing items. So if you enjoy the podcast, we'd love to hear your feedback below and tell us what you liked about it, what you didn't like. Be nice. And write a review. Write a review and share it with your friends so we can yeah. keep growing. All right. Bigger than double digits, bigger mm. than triple digits. Yeah. Let's go for triple. I like it. Yeah. All right. Always fun. Always fun. See you on their side.